Okay, so so you've been listening to the show, then, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Okay. I have. Okay. Um, yeah. I have a really bad cold right now. I just needed to sexy to say that because I feel very raspy. It's in a it's a good it's in a good way. Okay. Yeah. More manly. Oh. I am the dad. Well. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, ish, I mean, you know, I think I'm the more masculine, and Malcolm said specifically that I can't play with dolls because I'm the mama, so That's true. I think he is the best at deciding which roles we should play. That's true. Yeah. Because he says I am a girl and that I get to play with dolls. Get to. Because they're awesome, Because that's all I want to do. Lame. So you've been... You've been I have. Okay. I've been listening, and it's funny because... I, I usually listen in my car on my way to and from work because it's a long commute. And it's uh, it's like I want to talk back okay. to the radio or whatever. Yeah. Not talk back as in like get mad about it, but I just want to, I want in on the conversation. You okay. Know? So let's go back. This is my girlfriend, Sarah, too. If this is your first show, we'll smarten the fuck up and go listen to the rest of them before you listen to this one. But uh, you stopped listening to my old podcast pretty pretty early on. Right? And now, and then when I started this venture on my own, initially you listened to a couple episodes and then you ran into quote unquote technical difficulties. And honestly, I think a lot of guys would want their girlfriends to listen, but this guy uh, doesn't. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with you not listening. And Why? Then, well, I don't know. I just, I don't Why are you going to talk about me? You're going to say bad things? Huh? Just that you're a fucking nag. What are you trying but, to hide? Uh, anyway, shut up. Listen, I think I, I think I paint myself in the idiot that I am. I don't think I grab some fantastical brush and make myself seems like things I'm not because I've said I'm lazy and fat and stupid. <laughs> and I think that pretty much covers everything. Well, not really. Okay, it doesn't cover everything. Okay, so what did you, do you remember anything in particular that y you took issue with? Well, not that I took issue with, but that I wanted to join in. Okay. So, um, like I wanted to join in on the gray zone okay. discussion. Okay, okay, okay. Um, because in my mind, I never, um, at least consciously, I never really want to uh, categorize people. Like, for example, how could you ever call yourself bi? Because to me, that would always um, insinuate that you could never be faithful, right? That's the stigma. Because you could never be happy with one or the other. You would always need both. Um, so, uh, like... I, I don't know that it really matters to me what someone defines themselves at because each person defines themselves so differently. Like everyone on the show that's come in sort of says all their dating experience and how that person that they dated defined their sexuality and all that. So it's sort of like, well, who really cares what the word you use is? And you do. You I really do. care. I, I know that. you really care. Yeah. But I'm just saying from my point of view, yeah. it it doesn't really matter as long as once you've decided to commit yourself in a relationship yeah. to a person and you're both wanting to be monogamous it's right. not it's not a whatever kind of relationship then that's what you are you're a couple you know um so that that it never really bothers me okay i hear what you're feeling yeah, I hear what you're feeling. I just, that's just something I don't care about. I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel that yeah, way. Yeah, and I, and I worry that maybe you're wasting a lot of energy and stress caring about okay. how others define. But, 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 I recognize that um, in the media, 
and in life and our life experiences, you feel like you've been, um, what, what is the word? Like you get cast aside. Yeah. Um, you're not recognized. Well, you were there. No, I know. I know. So it's like, I think you don't know what it's like because you've never been in a situation where you're invisible. I mean, when you were in your internship in Ottawa, I didn't exist at all to anyone. And we were in a long distance relationship. That was really hard on me. Yeah. Well, I'm sure on you too, because it's like you're living a lie because you're just not disclosing anything at all to anyone. Yeah. And, uh... I was just perpetually single, they all thought. I never had to tell anyone I was single, but I just never talked about you. I was so worried that everyone there, because I was alone... Yeah, you were totally alone. You had no friends. I was or, worried. Well, friends, but. Like me, I don't care if someone said I that. Oh, oh, hello, my name is Alice, and I am bi. Like I don't really care. Be what you want to be, but I'm very concerned of what they thought of me at the time. Yeah, that's normal. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to have your dukes up, you know, and be defensive of people because they they're gonna talk. And I think that you work in a really professional environment, so people are almost too well behaved. They're too educated. I just work in a place or, or live in a place where people are kind of lower brow, which doesn't mean they're necessarily less intelligent, but they're more apt to say things that are rude and insulting to you, whether they realize it or not. So I'm I'm in a mode where it's like, okay, my, when they come at me about my sexuality, I'm initially defensive. Like I can joke things off, but it's like, I don't, I don't need you to convince me to switch sides. Like shit like that just bugs me. If everybody just took what I said at face value and I didn't have to get defensive, I don't think I would. Well, exactly. That's why I wish no one else cared about the label. The well, definition. I, but I need to box people because it, I don't know. I've been, I've been a few girls for a few girls. I've been their phase and that really hurts. Like initially when you steal them from um, the heterosexual world, it's kind of like a great, this great feeling of satisfaction, <laughs> you know, cause they got to see the other side and they were happy. But then, you know, everyone in my life would say, oh, what are you going to do when she goes back to guys? What are you going to do? It's just like, and then ultimately it happens because they weren't, they were exploring their sexuality, but they knew that ultimately they would end up with men and that's okay. And it didn't, it wouldn't really matter if they said I'm bi anyway, because I think I would have done it. Did your relationships fall apart because you're not a man or were you just not well suited to those people? I think it's because I wasn't a man in one case and we weren't well suited in another case because she See, knew she was going to have a huge Sandra, wedding. The right answer is what? because you weren't meant to be with those other people. <laughs> Why do you feel that that's the right answer? No, because of me, obviously. Like you weren't. Oh. Like, you know. I don't damage. I mean, uh, fuck. Uh, <clears throat> What's the right line here? Someone help me out. Someone help me out. What should I say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like I was scared when I moved away from my internship because I was in a spot where other people were evaluating me my um like conduct and everything I did every day got evaluated and scored and that's how I was going to get through that year and that's how I was going to get a job and blah 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 so like I was in a vulnerable position yeah um which is why probably a lot of people don't disclose that at new jobs which is also what I didn't do here when I got my new job I still hadn't told anyone yeah yeah. Um, so I just wish that, cause I don't care when other people tell me, I don't, I don't think like, 
well, are you a, a gold star or are you just like... I'm a, I'm a silver star. Like, I don't, I don't care about that kind of detail, but okay. it's sort of like, oh, okay, hey. Or I'll be like, yeah, I don't really care that you are, um, you know, polygamous, but you're really annoying as a person, therefore I don't <laughs> like you, you know? But it has nothing to do with the fact that you have eight wives. I just, you know... You just... Okay, yeah, so you Because I do have a low opinion of others in general, right? You do. I'm a Capricorn. It's you get that from your father. Yeah, yeah, I do. But but it has nothing to do with their sexuality. You just hate them as people. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. more like, oh, you, you're you dumb or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. You have, you have no personality. You have no personality. You're human oatmeal. Yeah, I've known some human oatmeal. And they still felt they were superior to me. And I like <laughs> oatmeal. What the fuck, man? Well, you're <laughs> Scottish. Why? Ugh, yuck. You couldn't pay me enough money to fucking eat oatmeal. All right, so, so you don't believe in labels, and I do. Yeah. Basically. I, like, I know labels of everything, not just sexuality, will always be a part of life, and they're kind of human nature. Yeah. I just wish nobody cared so much, you know? The, the idea that marriage, the definition of marriage, and I know you get into legal definitions of things, so, of course, everything needs a definition in life, but I just wish... No one gave a hoot. Well, we don't, we don't live in that world. We don't world. live in that world. And that's when one of the first times I ever met you, uh, it was raining really hard. Yeah. And I said, oh, it'll wash away all the gravel from the winter, all the sand that had piled up. Isn't that wonderful? And you said, fuck off, Pollyanna. And that really, <laughs> that really has defined our relationship, though, I think. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I like this girl. That's She's what got I, sass. She's got sass. Sassy. Are you making fun of my lisp? No. I'm going to no, have I'm a sip not. of my It's very beverage. adorable. Okay, you do that. Okay, the ne- Okay, I'm reading your notes here. Can you read my... <laughs> yeah, they're okay. very funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... For for the record, okay, I was listening to one of the episodes and I and I got really upset, right? Um, when uh, okay, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but there was an episode where you started talking about putting a finger in someone's butt, and who were you talking to? Ah, uh, sugar, sugar. Yeah. Okay, and uh, she was like, "Well, not really," you know. She wasn't all like, "Yeah, that's great," and. And you were like, or she asked you if you did it, and you were like, oh, yeah. And I immediately said, thought to myself, it's not me. <laughs> Tell them it's not me. I got so, like, oh, my God, all these listeners are going to think it's me. I'm so in. disgusted. I'm like, Jesus, like, tell them. Uh, and so, I didn't. No. I didn't clarify So that, that was one of those times where I wish I was in on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. you called me. You called me yeah. immediately after. I had to pause the show, yeah. call you and be like, uh, just for future reference, whenever you're talking about something disgusting, not that, you know, it's a label. <laughs> you are anti-finger and poop shoot. That's what you are. Well. Yeah. You are anti. That's the out shoot, not the in shoot. In my well, definition. Well, there are millions of gay men that would, would disagree. And what do you think well, about that? Good thing I don't fall under that label. Well, not right now. So are you going to continue to listen? You don't have to. Because you came back on board to listen to the RTS recap show just for that one. Yeah, and it reminded me how much I did enjoy listening to your show. But I um, 
going back to your return to sender show, yeah. I, uh, I, I couldn't handle Mike. Okay. I'm just like, he, um, I couldn't handle how he talked over you all the time. I couldn't handle how he talked to you. I couldn't handle the in-betweens, not on the show, the way he made you feel over and over again. And some of the shit he would say on the show, he's one of those people that I have a low opinion of. Okay. Because um, he says a bunch of stuff that's just not true. And I feel like, okay, anyone can make their own podcast and you can say whatever you want. But some of the stuff he said was such conviction and I'm like, you're wrong. It's just not a fact. It's just not a fact. Here's the thing. I When I was uh, getting ready to do that show, and I swear to Christ, I didn't put it in the recap show, but I swear to Christ, I was the one. He asked me um, at one point, what should we do for the 200th episode? And I made a joke about, oh, we should just quit. But I could not find that show before uh, the RTS recap. So I didn't want to put it in there. But I'm pretty sure I'm the one that made that joke. And I meant it as a joke, but I think he took it seriously. Yeah, he got scared. And then he came back the next time as though it was like his idea and all this shit. And I was like, oh shit. Cause like he got dumped by that one girlfriend. So I think ever since then he did all the dumping. Anyway, my point being that, um, uh, I, I just wasn't the right person to sit across from him. Or maybe I was because I didn't know enough about whatever he was talking about to challenge him in any way. So maybe that made me a good uh, Ed McMahon, but I didn't know, like, he'd say things and I'd be like, well, most of the time I'd be like, okay, because like, what the fuck do I know? So maybe that was, um, maybe not the best but combination because I couldn't challenge him in anything. Even if it's just like opinions on topics going back and forth, he, I feel like you didn't always get your say and I just didn't, it just annoyed me too much. It aggravated me and stressed me out to listen. So I just stopped and okay. I know maybe... Maybe that made you feel like I wasn't supporting you. You say that you don't want me to listen. I but, don't. Just to reiterate, I don't want you to listen. But maybe there's another fraction of you, because you are a girl, yeah. that thinks, oh, she she thinks it's stupid. or. Well, I mean, honestly, or, when this first started, I was like, or even in the RTS days, I, I thought, like, you commute, what do you commute, an hour and a half every day? It's like, you don't have, I yeah. used to think you don't yeah. have 10 minutes a day, like, to listen to me and you're in the car for that long yeah but it's kind of a selfish thing because you're around me all the time but when you were listening and giving me opinions on what you had heard it kind of made me feel good but yeah. in, in other ways i kind of want to have the freedom to act like a racist asshole and you don't like that and no, i have I very don't. sophomoric humor and i don't think you really like that side of me either no i don't i just sometimes fear that other people don't understand that it, that it's humor because i know you never uh you make jokes i would never make <laughs> yeah because you're the civilized half of this duo yeah. but i know like deep down none of that actually is uh impacting your relationships with other people in life or what you think of other people that you meet you judge people based on how they act towards you that's yeah. the type of person you are and i know you very yeah. very well you do yeah but sometimes i i guess i do worry about what other people think so if you make jokes like that and i just go like that's not that's not what she really is that's not what she really thinks and but you do, you do look like an, an Aryan. You, you are what? I look like you, an Aryan? I'm just pointing out the fact. Like German? You do. <laughs> no, you do. Uh, you, you are exactly what Hitler had in mind. I'm Scottish. Whatever. Your blonde hair and green eyes? Ish. Ish, yeah. yeah. Blue, green, ish. Um, so I feel like because I'm not quite married to you because someone hasn't asked yet, um, that I have free reign <laughs> to make all the anti-Semitic jokes I, I want. No, you don't. Fuck. All right. 
Thanks for clearing that up. Asshole. So I, I just wanted to talk about Christmas for a quick second because I feel that um, I'm curious about what it was like to grow up in a normal house that that actually had Christmas as a child. What was, like, do you, do you still like Christmas? I love Christmas. Uh, okay. What was Christmas like as a child? Well, it was, um, I don't remember specific <laughs> details, I guess. I just know that in general, it was always a big countdown to the day and we always had fun decorating the tree together. We'd always get a real tree. The house would always smell good. We'd bake all the time. My grandma would come from Rose Valley, you know, outside of Saskatoon. And we would, I don't know, all spend Christmas Eve together. I'd usually have huge fighting matches with my brother, but that, like, we would ruin yeah. family events from that regard. <laughs> but, I mean, nothing uh, nothing that would cause us tossing the tree out, never to be seen again. Um, we'd always do all the presents and yeah and then my birthday is a few days after christmas yeah so i think i don't know the holidays it's always like a it's like a two-week affair just keeps on going <laughs> and you enjoyed it it was fun yeah so what what night did your dad get fall down drunk oh that's never happened before oh. ever okay yeah my oh. dad uh he doesn't really drink Okay. Well, he, we have different Christmas has traditions. He a scotch. Just the one? In, an, in uh, like, in the evening, he will have a scotch. And he, would he, like, smoke a cigar? He enjoys smoking a cigar from wow. time to time. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. And it's it's got to be damn good scotch. <laughs> Is that, are those, are those his words? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, my brother usually gets it for him, but the one that's, like, $90 or something for a bottle. <laughs> so, look, Christmas has come early. Thanks to our listener, <gasps> Daryl. What's that? I don't know. I haven't opened it yet. I just kind of cut the edges so we could see it's what's in here. It's a big, big box. Big, heavy box full of wonderful things, I'm assuming. Okay, let's see what's in here. Okay, do you want to open it? Here, you open oh, it up. This is going to fall. Oh. Be careful. Oh. All right, let's <clears throat> see what's in here. Oh, what's this? What's that? <gasps> Canada and provinces. What the <laughs> it's like it's it looks like really a, old and it a, has a stain. <laughs> it's got stamps. Fuck. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at this later. I don't. Is this all different kinds of it's Canadian a stamp stamps? collection? Oh, it is. It's a stamp collector book. Fitting. Oh, crazy. oh there's actually stamps in here. 1903 to 1908. There's two stamps. Whose was that? I don't know. Daryl? You're going to have to ask him. Oh, wow. There's lots on this page. 1912 to 1925. You know, I don't know wow. nothing about stamps, but I feel like this could be valuable. I feel like this is definitely valuable. I didn't get it at first. Oh, wow. 1926. Okay, I'll put this down. Wow. These are like really fucking old stamps. Yeah. Wow. Why would you share that with a fat idiot? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> What's that? That is a, a Thomas the Train electronic reader, an eight-book library. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, that's really nice. That is going under the Christmas tree. Oh, I wonder if he's going to... Thomas and Friends. Ride with Thomas. Oh. oh. Wow, <laughs> sweet. Thanks, Daryl. Holy. Oh, there's more. How is this much stuff? Oh. <laughs> is that a stress ball? Yeah. Uni oh, no, it's a hacky sack. University of Kansas. <laughs> or Kentucky, sorry. Sparkling cider candle. Oh, that's so romantic. University of Kansas playing cards? Ooh, I like to play cards. We don't even have cards. 
Yeah, we do. I keep um, asking you to play Go Fish. Just kidding. Oh, there's a card. Oh, there's a card. We should have really opened that first. And that it has... Savage. Okay, are these uh, ornaments? Maple leaf sparkly ornaments. Oh, it's very themed. It's very thematic. Yeah, playing cards. There's an okay. acorn. Oh, they're very sparkly. It, this goes against my no glitter policy, though, Daryl. Thank you so much. Oh, there's a note. I wonder if I can read it. I think you'd get mad if I read it. Okay, let's read it. It's very short. Okay, dear Sandra, not you. Also you. Oh. Also you. You and your family were on my mind, so I wanted to send you some items to show you my appreciation for what you do. <laughs> wow. In the smaller box, you will find apple butter. Oh, sweet Jesus. The apples were grown in my yard without chemicals. My wife and I peeled and cooked them for our friends and family. It's a highly sought-after treat. The stamp album I collected before you were born. Wow. Wow. I thought you might like it since you work in that field. It might come in handy for Malcolm's school or something. Oh, that's fucking cool. Really cool. Also included are some toys for the boy. I know he likes Thomas the Train. <laughs> I also included a few balls to play with. Balls kept me entertained for hours as a child. The wife and I threw in a few trinkets from our native Kentucky as well. The ornaments are made from ground cinnamon and our applesauce. Wow. You mentioned the other day that you hate winter. I couldn't live in that cold climate. Hopefully our care package helps. Daryl and Ruth. Thank Isn't you. Isn't that nice? Thank you so much. Oh, wow. All right. Here's another ball. And yet another ball. Oh, a super ball. Oh, fuck's sakes. This is going to be insane. <laughs> What's that? That's a, that's a University of Kentucky pen. All right, cool. The, uh -oh. oh, this apple butter. I don't think I'm going to share that the with you. Butter? Yeah, I'm not going to share that with you. That's just for me. That's just for me. Awesome. Thank you, Daryl. Fucking exciting. We'll wrap that. That's Thomas amazing. Thing. Like, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Isn't that really nice? Yeah. Like, I swear to God, perfect strangers that I that I don't know in real life are, are just, uh, I don't know. Very generous. Very generous. They amaze me every single time. Every single time. Just gonna need to take it. <laughs> okay, we'll hear from the man himself. Here's Daryl with a segment he entitled Nice. Hey, Sandra, it's Daryl. I want to thank you for your kind comments on a recent podcast, and it has prompted me to reply with a, another story from Parking in Cars with your host, little old me. Uh,. We, Peabody and Sherman are setting the Wayback Machine to my 17th year of life once again. Apparently the year I actually had some game. Uh, the uh, I was not your sullen teenager. I had uh, just gotten my driver's license and a car, and I was kind of self-confident. And so that was apparently attractive to my potential suitors and uh so i i highly recommend it for your listeners and your son to keep in mind when they get in the market <laughs> so um i was 17 and in high school junior year and we were uh this after school activity called junior achievement and it was a bunch of kids from all different high schools in the area got together and they made a craft and tried to sell it. And uh, so I found myself between relationships and uh, had my internal commissioner Gordon put on the bat signal, let everybody know I was in the market. And 
lo and behold, I, I snagged a girl named Jerry from a high school in another county. And so uh, I took her out on a date, and I'm sure that the date encompassed something, some kind of activity and some kind of a meal or something, but it's all very fuzzy to me for reasons that will become obvious in a moment. Um, we uh, we did whatever we were going to do, eat and maybe go to a movie or some putt-putt golf or something like that. And then I was taking her home, and uh, we got to about a block from her house, and she didn't have to be home just yet, and so we decided to park in the car, and uh, I was taking it very slowly, and just uh, getting to know her as a first date, you know, we were just uh, listening to some music and cuddling, and, and uh, so... Uh, I had no expectations, wasn't moving too fast. The, but what happened was she grabbed my crotch. And <laughs> unexpecting that, not expecting that, I went from zero to 60 in record time, as you might imagine. And uh, she felt that occur in her hand uh, and... Uh, I think she backed up a little bit there, being surprised that I wasn't already ready. Um, she said, I have to ask you a question. And, uh, you know, after that happened, I'm like the little cartoon puppy dog in the, you know, with his, waiting for its master to throw the ball. I'm, yes, I'm like, whatever you say, buddy, I'm bouncing foot to foot and <laughs> toss it. I'm ready, ready. You know, but um, she says, I have to ask you, are you, uh, I don't know what. I mean, <laughs> I was like, you want my PIN number and my credit card? <laughs> Whatever you want. And um, so she finally says, are you a virgin? And uh, I wouldn't lie to a woman. And the answer was yes. And uh, immediately her response was, take me home. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and uh, things are happening here. Um, she said that she did not feel that she was as nice as I was, and she wouldn't do that to me. And I was like, oh, do it to me, do it to me. <laughs> but but um, we were very close to her house. I took her home. She got out. And uh, as you can imagine, my situation I'll I'll indulge you to uh, to con you know imagine with me for a minute. If you close your eyes and you say, "Oh, I feel something on the little tiny hairs on my arm," and you look down and it's like the biggest spider you've ever seen. Okay, so you're you get this whole body, you know. <laughs> well, imagine that for like the next two hours. That's what happened to me. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, she was from the next county over, and uh, I had about a 45-minute drive home with an erection that would cut glass. So um, I was in, that was an interesting evening, but uh, yeah, that uh, that happened. <laughs> so. 
So hopefully this was somewhat entertaining and uh, more so than my last segment. But I enjoy you, so keep it up. Thank you for having me. Uh, bye-bye. Well, Daryl, uh, I don't. I have a couple notes here. Number one, you're a slut. I, I mean, you've got a lot of experience in these motor vehicles, and uh, I, I just, I just don't. Uh, have you had a lot of sex in cars? Is this a thing? I think we're in Canada, so like eight months of the year, it's like minus forty-seven, and you can't have sex in a car. Okay, yeah. you don't have to answer that question. You don't have to answer that question. Um, and second of all, that was not very nice what she did. Like. She's, she wasn't planning on sleeping with him, do you think? I think she was she planning was on kind some... of a guy, wasn't she? Yeah, she's like, oh, you're a virgin? Oh, I can't handle a virgin. Well, no, wouldn't guys be like, oh, yeah, you're a virgin? Well, some guys are <laughs> freaked out by that because they're, it's like a lot of it's pressure. It's like a holy and then, grail. It's is like, she oh going to be all crazy and like want to marry you and stuff? Like, I know, girls can get be... so crazy about that shit. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, I don't really know how to take that. I'm kind of afraid right now. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. Uh, and an erection that can cut glass. I yeah, don't know all that. I can say is ouch, you yeah. know? That can't be And good. how could you drive, you know? Were you driving <laughs> 10, I was going to say kilometers. What's the equivalent of 10 kilometers? Who cares? He was steering the, he was steering the, stu- <laughs> someone was steering the steering wheel, okay? And why didn't you just pull it on the way home then? Like, I, I don't know, isn't that a solution? Is that distracted driving? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably why. Safety first, Daryl. Safety Maybe first. Maybe he didn't have a tissue. Well, that's what rubber mats are for. What do you mean a tissue? <laughs> <laughs> He's a man from Kentucky. He doesn't need a tissue. He's a man. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Okay. So I just wanted to talk about Christmas one more time because I forgot when you were um, telling me about your, is it Norman Rockwell? I don't know. Your Norman Rockwell. I'm not going to feel bad about my wonderful family Christmas. No, I think it's great. I think it's great, but I hate Christmas. And I wanted to talk to you about the part about Christmas that I find irritating and kind of dumb. And you're going to get defensive and we're probably going to get into a fight. Well, I don't want to get into a fight. I don't want to get into a fight either. So I'll vow not to at this point. Okay. So here's the part I don't get about Christmas. We all kind of make little discreet comments like I remember more than once being in a mall with you around Christmas and you looking at something and think and saying oh that would be nice oh I wouldn't mind getting this whatever it was a coffee mug or whatever turkey baster should probably come in handy and I'm like oh and I took a mental note of it and then (coughs) I, I felt kind of irritated because we were at the mall and I couldn't just go back and get and, the item. And buy it in front of me. Well, not necessarily even in front of you, but while we were there. Instead, I had to... Like, this is how it works, and I don't understand. <laughs> Instead, I had to take a mental note of it. We were already at the mall, and I can't buy it. I know you want it. You've specified that you want it. But well, I can't go and buy it, but even though you've requested it, and it's, it's not a surprise. It's one item amongst a few items that I would like. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to you... To come to back go to the mall in To December. find something else, you know, out of the several items and then make it a nice surprise. Okay. But if you were going to just buy it in front of me, it's sort of like, I I'll just buy a... it myself okay. and then it's not really fun. Yeah, I know it's a dick move, but for the purpose of practicality, it's fucking annoying. But that's the thing. Christmas isn't something about being practical. And... I'm not religious or anything, right? So it has, for me, Christmas and our family had nothing to do with anything about 
going to church or that kind of celebration. But all it was was just um, like playing games together, having fun, eating lots of really good food, being cozy and warm all the time, and the lights, the Christmas lights. And then I love so much watching other people open up the presents I've given them. Like, I love that. I would just sit back and I would give everyone what I got them and I just want to sit and watch them do it. So when you're like, I want to buy it in front of you and I just <laughs> and I just sort of think, oh, well, that's not okay. fun at all or nice. Yeah. So what's the point? Well, I in my mind, it's like, well, what's the fucking point that I have to come back here on an entirely separate occasion to get the thing you know I'm going to get? That's how I feel. Like, I know... Well, it's... I don't know that you're going to get that one thing. Okay. We're just not going to... But this year, I think we've decided not to really get anything for each other. No, because we're adults. I mean... Yeah, we can get stuff for the family, and but I think, you know, it's all about Monkey, right? It's all about Malcolm. Yep, it is. And that's one thing why I know you hate Christmas, and there's lots of bad memories there, but thinking of how we can make Christmas our own... And our own celebration and how, you know, make it something fun for him, but also for you and what you would enjoy with us, your family now. Yeah, yeah, fucking Pollyanna strikes again. All right. But that's, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, we have a clip from Tales about something similar to Christmas. You titled it Christmas, Christmas Shiznat. That's what the kids are saying. Do you know what a Shiznat is? No. <laughs> you don't know what the definition of shiznat is? No. Shiznat? Say it. No. Fuck you, I'll say it again. Shiznat. Okay, here's Tails. Hey everybody, it's Tails, and I am done with the controversial talk. I am done with that. I uh, just kind of wanted to give y'all a, a life update kind of thing. Things are going really fucking good. I'm super happy. Uh, my new job is wonderful. I couldn't ask for anything better. My bosses are super awesome. Uh, we, I don't know if anybody remembers, but just for background, I quit the burger place, which is, was a hellhole, and I'm now working full-time for the pizza place that I was working at, and we actually, I, I'm full-time there, and I'm now a kitchen manager, and uh, we actually just opened up our second location on Portage Avenue by the university. It's actually, like, the space is huge. We've got all brand new equipment. It's so nice to ask for things that we need, and, you know, I get them. It's it's wild. I've never had that before in my life. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me to actually receive something you ask for. But, uh, yeah, so... The store is going good. It was a slow start at the beginning, and things are starting to pick up. We're attached to, like, a coffee shop slash uh, bar, I guess. I'm not sure. We have, like, movie nights, and we have karaoke nights, which are not really my preference of nights. But uh, we also get, uh, we watch hockey, the hockey games. Not that I care, but they have the hockey games playing during the day sometimes. And... Uh, what else? Um, we have bands. We have lots of bands. There's like a jam room above us too, and it's really cool to go out for a cigarette and just listen to some some awesome music. Uh, but yeah, so I have a funny story about my new job. Last night, um, I was <laughs> I was working with two of my my coworkers, and all of a sudden 
like my the person that was working in the front comes into the back. They're like, "Holy crap! Why is there like so many cops here?" So I go and look, and there's three squad cars and seven cops. They just stroll right in, and my coworkers just like, "Oh, are you here for some pizza?" And they're like, "Nope," and they walk straight to the back of the the store. And I was getting all nervous. I was like, "Why is there so many cops here?" You know, like whatever. And uh, so I found out that apparently somebody had called that there was a man with a machete in our basement. First of all, I didn't even know we had a basement. Second of all, how in the world did a man with a machete get into our basement? And who would have seen that? Like, what's what's going on? So I was all freaking out. We had, we had like, so many cops all over the place. And I'm just like, holy crap, I'm going to die. They're going to come up and they're going to kill everybody with a goddamn machete or some shit like that. So I was, I was a little freaked out, and a few minutes passed. You know, they did a sweep of the basement, and uh, it turns out that it was a prank phone call. Nobody was down there. There was no machete, nor man, or anything. But uh, I just I wonder who the fuck in their right mind calls a prank call about a man with a machete in a basement. Like, that's crazy. So my, my coworker up front, she was, like, super sketched out, and I was pretty sketched out, too, because I've seen shit. I've definitely seen shit. And so all night I was bugging her, and, like, if she was facing me, I'd, I'd look past her and give this horrified look and, like, run away. And she'd be like, ah, what the fuck was that? And I was, yeah, so that's, that's just kind of my running joke. And and thus um, consumes my life is this new pizza place. It's great, though, so if anybody's around, you should come check it out. It's, it's great. I'm not going to say the name of the store, but I'm sure everybody can figure it out, especially if you go to the U of M. Uh, but, yeah, come support me. Woo! Um, I don't know what else to say. Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping is a motherfucking bitch. I hate Christmas. I hate shopping for Christmas. And I feel bad because, like, I'm buying my wife an Xbox One and a $200 elliptical. So that's, what, that's $500, six, $700 I'm spending on her. But it's only two presents. One of them she's getting early. The other one she's getting late. So she doesn't really have anything to open, which makes me feel really bad because I've already got two gifts under the Christmas tree, small things, but I, I get to open up things, and she doesn't get to open up things, and I feel really bad. Does anybody else out there have that problem? Um, you know, when when you find something that you really want to get your lover or whatever or a good friend or something, and it's just such a big gift that it you, you can only afford that one, but then you feel bad even though you know you, you spent a lot. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I feel bad because she has nothing to open. Anyways, uh, yeah, so what was everybody doing for their Christmas? Everybody going out to their families or whatever? Me and the wife, we're going to stay home in our PJs, and we're not going to do anything. My mom's going out to Texas to see her big gay boyfriend. Um, I, I joke. He just looks like a bear, but he's very nice. So he, she's going out there to Texas, and me and the lady are staying at home hanging out with the cats, I don't know what the hell, we'll probably get drunk, like, every other night, but, yeah, so, so what are your plans, do you have, um, families to go to, how many dinners do you have, my older sister has seven dinners, seven Christmas dinners to go to between all the family stuff, I wasn't invited to any of the family things, of course, but, uh, she's, she's got a busy schedule, I've got a very open schedule, Anyways, I've talked long, long enough, and I'm going to get back to playing my video game because I work in an hour and a half. So, everybody take care. Bye. All right, cool. Thanks, Tails. Uh, she's not invited to any... Yeah, that's like, brutal. Yeah, that's really shitty, and no one came to her wedding. Her family sounds like a bunch of uh, stuck-up assholes.
I think they're like super religious. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, well, religion sucks, kind of. Yeah. Um, if it promotes that kind of, uh, you know, turning your back on your own family. Yeah, that's not cool. I, I don't, don't think that's really what religion is trying to tell us, like in any one of the faiths. No, I really think if Jesus were here today, he'd be like, what? He'd be the like, fuck? smarten up. That's what he would say yeah. to these family. Didn't he? Like, I think the the key parts that he said, everyone kind of overlooks. Like, judge not, lest you be judged. And... He's like, weren't you even listening? Yeah. yeah. No, I really... I think... Like, when I talk to you and you're scrolling on Facebook all the time, and be like, are you listening to me? <laughs> barely. The answer yeah. is barely. Okay. Yeah. That's what he would be like. Okay. All right. Well, and dinners. What do we have for dinners? We're inviting my family over for the uh, not-so-traditional Chinese dinner on New Year's Eve. Chinese. It's like we're Jews. That's what New Jews Year's do. Eve? Okay. Did I, I say New Year's Eve? You said New Year's Shit, Eve. Shit, I meant now. Christmas Eve. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's what the Jews do. I'm say. like, well, plans have changed. <laughs> okay. Um, and then my family on Christmas Day? Yeah, and I, I will not be drinking on Christmas Day around your family. Oh, how did Kate? How You'll Kate, be driving me then. Yes. Can we talk about that for a second? Uh, when I got really, like, crazy, retarded drunk um, when we were in Mexico with your, your very kind, sophisticated... <laughs> uh, intelligent, well-educated parents, and your brother and his new wife. How did that make you feel? How did that? You're covering your face in embarrassment. You're, you're ashamed. ashamed no, right? it's okay. I just, I'm okay with it. I'm I don't okay know what you were thinking. You never, ever, ever drink hard alcohol. Tequila. And to be honest with you, I think that uh, um, other than the night before when we went to that Italian meal, that that night was the first night I bet you I actually had alcohol because we were just usually drinking. Um, yeah, like the fun fruity drinks the, or beer. They weren't even there. There was hardly any alcohol in there. So I think when I finally got some, it was like holy fuck. And I oh, don't drink but you anymore. you yeah. pounded back. Like who started it? My brother ordered you a tequila shot and yeah. himself to be funny because yeah. my brother, it's like he was initiating you or something. Yeah. But then yeah. when you started ordering, how many more did you I order? Don't know. Four. My brother was like trying to to pass it to us you know under the table or because he started going holy shit i can't do it. he looked at me he's like i can't drink this much and i said neither can she like what were you doing and i just kept thinking i didn't think you were going to embarrass yourself because you didn't really i feel like i did you talked a lot but nothing you said was inappropriate and you actually talked about your family a bit which i think my parents appreciated because um you don't talk yeah. to them about that so yeah. they don't know that part of you and um i just thought you were gonna feel like crap and throw up a lot because we that's were all leaving I could the next day yeah the next, exactly like, afternoon. and, and love... it was 45 degrees there yeah. celsius um so it was very hot so if you were that drunk all the time it just wouldn't oh god drunk all the time but my favorite part is when uh i was telling them about my dad being an alcoholic and I'm shit face drunk and I'm sipping on a beer and I thought it was so <laughs> funny. Yeah, my dad was a drunk. <sighs> what a fucking idiot. You know, though, everyone who grows up, well, from my experience, knowing a few of my friends whose parents have been alcoholics, anytime they have a drink yeah. or get drunk, it's somehow they start talking about their family member who was drunk and then they start talking... It's like you got you have something to prove, not prove, sorry, defend. Like you have something to defend. Like, oh, I'm not a drunk. I'm not the one because you're not. No. Same thing with my my best friend. She always says that. Like, 
and she thinks people look at her like she's a drunk now or something i don't feel that way i just thought i was fucking stupid it's almost like i can i'm watching it on on a tv show it's like i'm the star of my own my own reality show and i'm watching myself it when i go back and think about it and I just thought, fuck, like... It wasn't that big of a deal. Like, I know, but it talking was to about me, it, like, And it's it was. like, I'm mortified. I'm still mortified about my behavior. So I don't think... Like, that was the last night I will ever have more than two drinks out like, in public. I don't know what happened after my Ugh. brother and his new wife and you went off without me. Yeah. Because I had to take care of the youngin. Yeah. And instead of you going out with your brother and having fun, I went out with your brother and had fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you know what? I promise you, when I woke up at three in the morning and I was like hammering my sternum into the fucking toilet over and over when I was vomiting, I I thought of that and I thought about how selfish I was. And then I also thought, I'm someone's mother and I currently have alcohol poisoning. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What a fucking tool. Bad mother. (sighs) All right. Um... (laughs) I don't know how as to get As long as you it. don't do that like once I'm a week, I think that. you're okay. No, and I really think <laughs> I have the potential to become an alcoholic. So I really have to make sure, you know, I don't know how much of that is genetic, but I'm not tempted to find out. Because I really feel like, I think I'm like almost over, um, like when it comes to Malcolm, I really remember being a little kid and always feeling a tremendous sense of anxiety. Like home wasn't... I mean, not all the time. I, you know how it is when you're a kid, you just remember like the really, really awesome times and then the really, really shitty times. But I remember my home not always being a safe place. I remember being afraid in my own home and that's just such a terrible feeling. So I'm doing everything possible to make sure that Malcolm comes home and it's safe and he knows that he's happy and no one's gonna hurt him and he's not gonna have to watch anyone else get hurt ever. And if that means that you can't slap me in front of him anymore because he's going to remember, <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> then that's okay. <laughs> But that's important to me. Like, that's a thing when I first got pregnant. And no, I did not knowingly drink when I was pregnant. For the record, again. For the record, again. Uh, <clears throat> I just knew that that's something I could do. Like, it's a small thing to provide. We may not always have the best of everything or the fucking... That's not a small thing. That's one of the basic... Um, it's a free thing. ...need. Yeah, that is of, a basic Of a human, human so... All right. Anyway, now this is getting all fucking weird again. Got deep. Yeah, I got deep. It got deep. But I think it's important to kind of make sure we're both in line with that. And I think well, we're on board. Well, okay, speaking of parenting. Okay, okay. Segway, good segue. Good um, segue. And, and going back to the labels and that sort of thing, um, I don't think I realized when we had Malcolm that um, people would sort of compare us as as mothers because ever since the day he was born have you noticed that like everyone kind of asks who does what like how do we do the division of responsibility and um I guess pretty much across the board all of my friends the heterosexual couples they all have the same thing like pretty much none of the dads put their kids to bed ever or naps um, they, the dads might cook sometimes, but, um, that, that child rearing is like always my friend. And I don't know if my friends are too controlling and don't let the dads do it because they do it differently. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they don't do it as good as they do. As good. Sort of thing. Sarah, as good. <clears throat> as good as. As well. 
Oh, oh, what? You don't like it when someone halts your story? I, correct. No, I just, I just <laughs> no, didn't just know kidding. that I made a mistake there. That's, again, okay. confusion. It's just confusion. Um, as well as. Yes, as that's, that's, as, that's, better. that's better. Sorry, everyone. I've got my grade 12, actually. Um, and I get one of your degrees, so. Why do you get one of my degrees? Well, we split everything 50-50. In the divorce? Uh, are we having the same conversation? <laughs> I hope not in the divorce. <laughs> God, I married up. Um, <laughs> I'd have to pay you alimony. Which, oh. Oh, I like that idea. So I didn't realize how many people would compare us and try and label us. Because I always joke that because you were the one on mat leave and you're the one who gave birth and you're the one who breastfed. So I joked a lot that I was the dad and it became even more funny because you're always the rugged one and I'm the pretty one. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's not quite accurate. Well, that's how I describe it, absolutely. I know. That's how you describe it. Um, and I'm the one who's has the huge commute. I've gone for 10, 10 hours, hours a day, a day yeah. maybe 10 and a half sometimes. Um, so I leave before you guys wake up. I never drop him off at daycare. Right. I'm never home on time to pick him up from daycare, but you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in those reasons, like, I'm the dad. I'm the big breadwinner of the family. And you make more money And than for I some do. reason, you're never waiting for me with a cocktail when I get home. And I don't know why, but whatever. Oh, and I'm not supposed to question your comings and goings. That's, That's the other right, thing I'm not supposed woman. to do. Yeah. And I have to have a hot meal on the table as soon as you get home. It's That's just like right. Mad Men. Exactly. Except you're the Mad Men. You're John Hamm. But sometimes the, like, you know, I don't know. I have a thing with that because it's like mothering and all that stuff and who's more the mother and people ask that a lot and I'm like well I'm his fucking mother like right. I'm his mom when he barfs I'm holding him I run when he gets I'm sick up, I get scared I'm up with him in the middle of the night yeah. I'm giving his puffers I'm singing I'm rocking to him I feed him I changed his diaper I wipe his ass now when he poops on the potty yay he's potty trained mm. um, I don't know like why am I less mom you're not you're just not the biological mom and you're just not his primary caregiver like you're not getting him ready yeah, for school yeah i you're spend not him off for school. less time with him yeah that's what i mean to which say. is like a guilt thing like it it's what? it makes me feel guilty that i spend less time with him but i'll never be able to no you won't because of the nature of my job well because your job is important your job's important too, well, but your job will exist in my years. hours will always be what they are, and the location, unless you want to move to a ghetto part of our town, like, will always be far, it'll always be a big commute, and um, I don't know, I just, th those kinds of things, but people always compare, and it's like, well, who does the most cooking, who puts them to bed, who, and we do so many things 50-50. Like, yeah. we alternate the bedtimes, we alternate doing the dishes and stuff, I'm, but then I don't think you that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, alternate doing the dishes? I don't think okay, I, the I, division of physical cleaning labor is not equal. No, it's not. It's like 70-30, it's, it's like 75-25, I feel like. That I'm doing yes. cleaning. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like, your Just answer specify. better be that I'm the one doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think our division of labor is probably still, like, other than that one aspect, I think it's still probably better than they have it. You cook way more than me because I don't know how to cook. 
I know how to bake. Yeah, get on it. I have like six things I can I'm make for supper. I'm wasting away. Yeah. But yeah, the idea that and my coworkers have done it, my friends have done it, and sometimes it makes me feel defensive because I'm like I'm I'm this fucking mother too, and um, I, I don't know. That's how I feel about when people compare, and I think. Again, it's a human nature thing to yeah. compare because we are two women. Yeah. So we are two moms. So like they're like, so how which does that one's work? more of a mom than the other mom? Well, which one does more motherly things? It doesn't mean that one's. But the I, the concept of being motherly to me means caring and nurturing. Oh, to me, so I mean, to yeah. be less motherly would be less caring, less nurturing. I just feel like the things and that I do bullshit. that like would be quote unquote motherling mothering, I find fucking sometimes so irritating. Like. Getting him to sit down and eat breakfast. Is that being a mother? Because you can have that, I wish. And I trying to fucking get I him to go. Before, I know, but I mean. But who was, did the sleep training, huh? Who did, did that? Yeah, okay. That's did. hard. Yeah, 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 I yeah. did that. Yeah. I get a score for that, don't I? Um, yeah. But the things that are defi- that you're defining as motherly, I would fucking love to get out of. Like, t- trying to get him out of the house every day. I don't define that as motherly. I, other people do. I, what I think uh, the word motherly, I, let's look it up in the dictionary. What does Webster's motherly dictionary mean? defines motherly as. But I always thought, you know, the, the concept of being motherly is that nurturing, caring, um, safe spot. Right. So if I was less of that. It would make you feel like shit? It, yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, okay. That makes me feel like shit. I understand. Soon, at some point, I will be in the position of not, of not being the primary caregiver. I will be the dad. At some point. But you'll never be gone as long as I am. No, but that year that you're on mat leave, I won't. And then once I'm not on mat leave anymore, it'll go back, you know. But it's like our reality, and I think our relationship works and our family works. But sometimes those kinds of comparisons and comments make me feel shitty. Well, I'm sorry. Or or angry. Oh. Yeah, a little bit of anger. I gotta tell you, in this uh, Christmas tree lighting... Yeah. Well, that's another um, positive about Christmas. You don't put the general lights on. You just put the Christmas tree on, and every, it brings up the sexiness like oh, fivefold. Yeah. You know, it's like candlelit. Yeah. Really nice. Ten percent. Yeah, hundred ten percent. Um, do you do you want to talk about the big bloody elephant in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Clarice. Okay. Let's go way back. Let's go way back. Let's How way far back? back? Um, let's go back to the fertility clinic in Winnipeg to the appointment you went to by yourself. Just describe the whole thing. <laughs> okay, that's not way, way back. Just fucking so, tell the story. So I want to say that I've tried to um, get pregnant how many times? Four times? Uh, five four, times. Four times in the States and one time here. Okay, so five times total. Yeah. In a doctor's office. Yeah in stirrups on that nice um crinkly paper yeah on those little beds and the the tissue of a dress they put you in to cover you up the napkin um yeah but at least that one doctor's office had the picture of an aquarium on the ceiling so when you were being probed you could pretend you were swimming with nemo yeah so that was nice just keep swimming yeah so, you know, we, whatever, four times in the States, and now I've tried in Canada one time. And uh, 
I got an ultrasound. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I was I was on target to go get uh, inseminated, but a few days beforehand, they did an internal ultrasound as part of their protocol. Because you were on the here. drugs, right? The fertility drugs. Yeah, that's why. Yep. So um, I'm thinking nothing of it, right? It's yeah. just their protocol routine. that they're doing routine. I'm there by myself and. Um, it's like, do, 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 you know, it, it wasn't a painful process because everything else was quite painful. So that was an easy one. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I have to go back. <laughs> okay. I have to go back to waiting for the doctor to come into the room because I was wearing the tissue dress, the napkin dress. And I'm staring at the wall at these pictures. I'm not really reading the poster, but there's these pictures of these bloody sacks of things with the veins and blood everywhere and like necrotic tissue, like blackness. Mm -hmm. And there's like stage one through four. And I wasn't looking, like I didn't know what disease this was, but I was like, ugh, Jesus, you know, that's gross, whatever that is. <laughs> you know, whatever the hell that is. So I'm, there I am now, the doctors come in, my legs are up in the air and he's probing me with the internal ultrasound. And uh, he's like, oh, you've got some follicles. That's good. Right? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, awesome. Okay, I got my little follicles bouncing around. He's like, oh, look at that. You've got an endometrioma. And I'm sort of like, what's, what's that? Is it? Is that good? You know, like, I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, what's that? And l sort of the way Vanna White um, guides her, glides her hand gently towards the board to turn the letter, he demonstrates with his hand where this poster is that I've been staring oh. at with the bloody ball <laughs> looking sacks of tissue. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't even know that was a uterus. I should have known, <laughs> given the type of doctor I was seeing. But, and, and he's like, oh, you have endometriosis. And then, and then that was it. That's all he said. So I, I'm like an internal freaker outer, and I'm not good <laughs> at uh, advocating for myself when I'm in the doctor. It's a lot. Like, if I were with you, I would be good at speaking to the doctor. But once I become my own patient... I'm not very good at speaking to doctors, and uh, and I don't like doctors. My blood pressure goes up when I see doctors. I have a white coat, everything. So I I, I didn't um, I didn't really ask any questions. I just sort of was like, because um, all I could see were these big bloody pictures, and I I didn't know really what the end result of that could be. Um, what what happened after that? Did I? Okay, so I don't think he said much of anything, and he finished up. Yeah. And then um, I think at that point he finished everything up, and I got dressed. And as I was leaving, the nurse came to the door. Okay. And she she just looks at my file, and she's like, mm, yeah, okay, so we're going to proceed with your insemination, but if this one doesn't work, yeah, you're going to have to come back, talk to the doctor, we're going to have to talk about this. Oh. You know, she's making like the... Ooh, she's kind of folksy, okay? Yeah, like and she was like, nurse. "Yeah, we're gonna have to discuss surgery." So, so now the only two pieces of information <laughs> that I have are <laughs> um, that I have a big bloody bally mess in my uterus. I think, like, I don't even yeah. know, and that I might have to discuss surgery. Great, good and news. I left. 
Um, so then I started Googling a little bit more about what that was and found out that it can cause infertility and that it causes really painful periods, which has been happening. And, um, yeah, we went through the insemination and it didn't work, of course. And then, yeah, I'm now going to have surgery. So I just met with that doctor again and he explained more about the... Uh, problem and that how he's going to do the surgery. There's only two doctors in Winnipeg that do the surgery, so there's a waiting list. And that, um, yeah, just describing what he's going to do, it's just laparoscopic. So he'll, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to cut into your belly button. And he started pointing at the poster again, but this time he was more descriptive and he's like, I'm going to cut it here and cut it open and because I'm stage three and then he's going to cut that all out and pull it out and sew it all up and I'm just thinking like ugh like I work in a hospital these things don't gross me out but then like since leaving the doctor's office I keep imagining yeah like being awake during the surgery and seeing like you were saying observing your own um reality show of yourself yeah. like seeing someone cut into me like it starts it's kind of freaking me out even though it's just laparoscopic because I've never had surgery before. Like, I've never... You've never been put under? Well, I, when I was two years old. Like, I have no memory of anything. So, yeah, I've never been put under. All right. Um, I've never been admitted to the hospital, other than being two. Well, that's a good record. Yeah. That's yeah. That's good. So, so I feel like um, there's my bad news. and Oh, and, you know, then afterwards he's like, yeah, and one third of people, it just comes back. Oh, yeah, and you're going to need some injections, and they're $400 an injection. Awesome. And you won't be able to get pregnant then either because the injections um, suppress estrogen. So then now I know, okay, waiting list for surgery. Yeah. Okay, great, fabulous. Waiting list, or not waiting list, but waiting for the uh, injections for months. Oh, yeah, and they cause hot flashes, so I'll be really sweaty. And if they're anything like the drugs he made me take, um, <laughs> thank God I was on vacation that week I was on those drugs because I would be cold and sweating. My clothes were wet, but I was cold. It was so weird and gross. And, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be, like, 43 by the time yeah. I can try again. And, oh, but that might not work either, and we might have to do IVF now. In vitro fertilization. Yes. Thanks to endometriosis. Yeah. So um, when I went home that day, I decided I would call my endometrioma Clarice. Nice. She, she is described as occupying space in my abdomen. Oh. She could be putting pressure on my other organs as well, oh. including my intestines. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Isn't that so nice she's occupying space. And, yeah. Well, I gotta I got tell <laughs> so you. So I, I fucking hate Clarice. Yeah. And she's like a little alien inside of me. But last night I was feeling silly, so I started rocking her in my belly as though I was <laughs> pregnant and singing to her. What were you singing? <laughs> well, you were there. What was I singing? I think you were singing Rockabye Clarice. Rockabye Clarice. <laughs> in the trees. <laughs> oh, so I, I can't wait till Clarice is out of my body, but. And a seven to ten day recovery. Yeah, that's like, the other thing, shit. like, talking about stupid. <laughs> I was like, so what? He says it's a day surgery, so no big deal. I'm like, so, like, will I have to stay home the next day? <laughs> and he's probably like, no. He's like, um, 
<laughs> actually, like seven to eight, ten days off of work. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to be fine. Can I just tell you a part of the story that you may have forgotten? What? Just tell me if you don't like where I'm going with this because we can just cut it out. But <laughs> when you were getting inseminated, um, so what they have to do is you're like, I personally, I was a little bit offended that they already had the Christmas covers on the stirrup feet, like where you put the feet. <laughs> It's like they bypassed that was Halloween like October. entirely. Yeah, but they bypassed Halloween entirely and the Christmas stuff was up there. Yeah, they probably that had their funding cut and they don't have enough booties. Well, I'll tell you, if you were in the States, you'd have your surgery today. Never mind this wait three months. But I mean, it's free, so you can't get Yeah, drunk. but going to the States, that doctor never once. Well, what was she All she, she to did, yeah. all that doctor did was take our money and inseminate me. Right. But, she okay. did not investigate anything. I know, but... Do a proper medical history or okay. anything like that. However, having like, said that... Having in said that, in retrospect, right. she wasn't there to uh, take care of me as a whole individual. It, everything's different at this clinic. Okay, but if you weren't on those fertility drugs, it's not common practice to do an internal ultrasound. It's not. Ah, uh, but the yeah. first time I met that other doctor, he said they would do it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you just feel like we got uh, subpar care? Yeah, I feel like we went in okay. and she knew our story and that we were traveling and that it was sort of like, yeah, pay us this money. We'll do it for you. No problem. Yeah. And it was like, but you're a doctor. You should also be looking at the whole, me as a whole. And I'm not saying this is the care in the States, like across the board. I just feel like this particular doctor, Yeah. Um. just we were quick money i think like there was no before and after care there yeah, was but no you know like what? meetings there was yeah. no follow-up or anything it was we arrived there we did our thing we paid the money and left well that's what how it would be here too no but... they check in with us i've been to several appointments now to talk okay you're just right and to I'm talk wrong. you're right and i'm wrong okay no, but they did. No, you know what? You're totally right I in that right. sense. Because when we did go in. No, you're right. And Well, I'm just trying to say when we went to that initial appointment, I felt like we were being taken care of more by that initial doctor. Like the initial meeting here. there. Here. Versus the initial meeting there, there were two different things. We only saw the doctor for like four minutes and we talked to the nurse. Yeah. The, and the, the doctor the in the States was like. She was uh, a space cadet. Like the first moment we met her, she's like, oh, and do you want to be on meds? We can do that for you. Yeah, you want that? that? And I was like, well do you recommend meds? She's like, oh, it's whatever you want. It's like, what do you mean? It's yeah. whatever. And here oh, they like if I'll just pay for it. Yeah, here they, they assessed the situation and said, no, they're not necessary at this point. Yeah. Like, I just, whatever. Okay, so the point I was trying to make, I don't want to get you riled up. I'm just going to agree with you because I'm a little bit afraid of you and mostly Clarice. I'm just kidding. I'm it's just Clarice. Kidding. I'm just kidding. It's Clarice. She's... I'm not wound up right now. Okay. I just shared like something really private. I know. And I'm not used to sharing that. But does it, do you feel like it was therapeutic or do you feel? I don't know. I've not even told like some of my closest friends this. I'm not like one to talk about this with everyone. No, you're a very private person. I, on the other hand, posted a picture on Facebook of my legs in the air when I would, when I went, when I got in some. Well, I just feel like there's something wrong with me. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. You're a tough cookie. And you know what? Whatever. If it was meant to come easy, it wouldn't have been as good. We have to fight for things because that's just our lot in life and uh we'll get through it and when that kid shows up and he's perfect and amazing it'll have all been worth it i just wish i knew this like four years ago yeah yeah because decisions to wait because of timing that we've done um 
if I hadn't have decided to wait because I felt like, oh, Malcolm's too little still, I'll wait longer. Yeah. Like, I could have had this assessment way sooner. Well, I mean, everything kind of happened the way it happened. You can't yeah, really do anything about it now. But I think in the long run, we'll just have to figure I'm really, out. I'm treating this hacky sack ball yeah. From as a stress ball. That's I've okay. been massaging it yeah. meticulously this entire time. Methodically. Look, we're going to get through this, and we're going to get through it with humor and dignity. Well, you'll do it with dignity. And my stress ball. Yeah. Okay, you can keep that. But I just wanted to tell a quick story about what a fucking warrior you are, just to kind of end this whole story. Okay, so we're in the doctor's office. You've got your feet up in the inappropriately themed (laughs) stirrup stockings that they do. And uh, apparently your cervix is far up. Yeah, it must be because I'm so tall. Yeah, you are tall. And he's like, oh. crammed up there by my throat, I guess, for all the probing they need to do to get to it. Jesus. Like, and I thought, oh my God. Because like, you were just like breathing. You're like, okay. And I, and I was just sitting there talking to the doctor, blah, 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 blah. And then he's got the speculum in you. And I saw your face kind of like drain of color. And I'm like, meh, 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 meh. And then I was like, oh God, snap out of it, you fucking idiot. Go and hold her hand. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm asking about logistics. And like... All, all this shit about endometriosis. I had a list and I'm like, stop, hold her fucking hand. That'd be such a tool. So I went and did that. And uh, the, the speculum fucking hurts. I mean, I know I have a teeny tiny little vagina, but even to an average woman, it's very uncomfortable. That right? was the most painful moment no, of my life. No, it wasn't. That. It was nope. still to come. I don't know if you remember this. So he's in oh, there well, and he's I mean, got you clamped whole open. procedure was... Oh, yeah. you're a fucking, you're a fucking okay, hero. So he's, so your cervix is far back and your cervix looks like the tip of a penis basically, right? Or like a mushroom cap Ew. way back there. Look, I'm just kidding. when I was, when I was trying to get pregnant, it's almost impossible to tell the difference between a cervix and the tip of a penis. They have the same little hole in it. They're both the same kind of fucking color. They're both wet and gross looking. So if you don't know what a cervix looks like, it's kind of like a mushroom cap or the tip of a penis, depending on who you are. So he's like, okay, well, uh, your cervix is way back there. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and cough a few times so I can grab it. Let that sink in. What the fuck? Yeah, you had to grab it and pull it forward. So you you cough and he like grabbed it and your face, I was like, oh my fucking God, how is she not screaming at the top of her lungs? And you're just sitting well, that's there when stoic. my tears yeah. started streaming. <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, how I couldn't. Fucking I could this? talk because I could hardly breathe. Yeah, that's you're a fucking warrior. And then he like grabbed. What did he? What did he grab this with? Forceps, pliers. What do they have? I don't. I couldn't Needle see anything pliers. that was happening. I don't know. Whatever he pulled out a of you saw? was like I... covered in blood. The entire inch of it was covered in blood and just dripping blood. And I was like, holy fuck! And you're like, can we get a latte? Yeah, yeah, we can <laughs> yeah, get a latte. I was like, yeah. I want a latte. <laughs> yeah, we can get a latte. Well, I was just surprised later on that day. Because, you know, it's normal after the other times I've been inseminated to have, like, a little spot yeah. in your under... Like, it was... I was full of blood. I was, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> Did you hear me from the bathroom? And you're like, I didn't want to tell you earlier, but there was a lot of blood. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. Sorry, I don't know if the listeners want to know about blood. Well, I think they do. I think they're a gruesome group. I think... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're up to date. You really, it was really brave of you to, to say that stuff. Yeah, I'm and I so think, brave. Well, and you know what? We have, I don't know how fucking many people listening to the show, because I don't really understand the stats, but there are a few thousand people out there pulling for us. And I really, I'm a firm believer in like good vibes, you know, man? Yeah. So they're back there. They're going to support us. Uh, not necessarily out loud, because nobody ever fucking writes me anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> They're out there, and they're listening, and they're in their cars, and they're living their lives, and they're sending us good vibes. Because I want to be a dad. 
I want to be the father of your children. Do you remember when I said that to you? I meant it. Yeah. It's a good pickup line. I said that was a good pickup line. <clears throat> I'm just sad right now. Don't be sad. <laughs> we have each other. We have each other. Do you want to see my C-section scar? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that, that just about wraps it up. Well, that's a really fun note to end on. Well, we're hopeful. We're positive. We're going to make this happen. We're going to figure this out together. I just wish I had a date for the surgery. You will. It'll come. Marcy's going to call you. Marcy? Yeah. Fuck Marcy. What if Marcy's a twit who is bad with scheduling? And you Remember that Marcy. time I needed an MRI? Yeah. And I just kept waiting for the date because I'm passive, I guess. And uh, I finally called after nine months and they had never sent the requisition. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. I don't know. Stuff like that could happen anywhere, right? Don't blame the mail. I see where this is fucking going. No, it wasn't the mail. It was the doctor never okay. submitted the requisition. Yeah, that's how it better be. But once they knew that, they got me in right away. And this is how it's going to work, too. He knows you're young, you're virile. He put you in as urgent. It's going to happen I'll in the new year. I'll to Marcy now. Why don't you call Marcy? You know what? Fuck it. I'll call Marcy. They don't need to know about Marcy. Fuck Marcy. You should call her sir when she answers. Well, I don't want to tick her off oh. she controls my surgery date can you ask her if she can be bought no i'm not into that well we don't have the money to buy her off. yeah i know <laughs> it's like hey i've got these three pennies stuck together with apple juice are you interested no nope. all right do you want to say anything in closing do you have any closing statements mm. i love christmas i said it Everyone who goes out and says, I hate Christmas over and over again, it's like, you hate, you hate everything being really busy and you hate going, trying to shop for something unrelated to Christmas and it's super busy and everything's crazy. That's what everyone hates about it. I hate, like, Tails was totally right and we didn't really answer her questions, but, uh, it's like, it's a competition. It's not like a, here's something small as a token of my love for you. It's uh, how many things can we give each other and who's going to give more and who's going to spend less and who's got this and who's got that. Yeah, and, and when think, do they unwrap it and how... Oh, and I hate opening... I, I know your favorite part is giving the gift and watching the reaction. My least favorite part is opening the gift and giving a reaction. Like in Japan, if you give someone a gift, it's ru- considered rude to open it in front of the person. Well, maybe you should move to Japan, Sandra. Huh? <laughs> You're still going to have to send the fucking alimony to Japan, smart pie. Smart I'm going to give you a really sensual gift, and I'm going to make you open it at my family's gathering. And you're going to have to, like, not just get in your face. I'm like, uh, Be like, what? Oh, no, I just want to get you something that you like, and you'd be like, oh, nice, great. I'm easy. You know what I want? Fuzzy socks. I Long already jobs. got you that for your yeah. birthday. Men's boxer briefs. You, on the other hand, what the fuck am I going to get you? Well, we're not getting anything for each other. Oh, thank God. I just want to spend time with you because I love you. God, we're sickening. We're fucking sickening. <sighs> Lame. Okay, uh, so you can get me at... I'm Sandra D. Sanchez on Facebook and Twitter. You can friend me all night long. Uh, leave an iTunes review. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> and um, email me at changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. And would you like to pick a song? Do you want to pick a song on the way out? Um, Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Let me think about it. We'll play something. Okay. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye and thanks for listening. Okay, say goodbye from Clarice. What would Clarice sound like? She'd say, fuck you! (laughs) Is this Clarice? Uh, Hello, Clarice.
been in a state of hibernation. I need some action, Clarice. I know this pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? Some days somebody's gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye.